Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. If you were to comb through the books of the Bible looking for examples of peace, you would find plenty of excellent, perhaps even familiar passages. Take, for example, the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. From the letter to the Hebrews, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Or from Paul's letter to the Philippians, The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. From Paul's Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And let's do another. From the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. All of these good examples, to name a few. And then there is the passage we just heard today. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. Come again? One of these is not like the others. On the surface, Jesus in this passage is turning our expectations upside down and forcing us to ask some hard questions. How can Jesus who said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, be the same Jesus who says, I have not come to bring peace, but the sword. How can God, who gave the commandment to honor your father and your mother, here in the person of Jesus say, I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Come again, Jesus? What? It just, it just sounds completely incompatible, totally contradictory. It doesn't sound like the same Jesus. And taken out of context, today's passage can be used to justify some pretty terrible things. So what's going on? Maybe Jesus is challenging all of us, turning our expectations and understandings upside down to force us to consider some difficult questions 
and face hard truths. The first question that this raises for us is obvious. Did Jesus come to bring us peace? Or does Jesus not come to bring peace but the sword? But the deeper question we should ask is what really is peace? Is peace simply the absence of conflict? Is peace simply staying comfortable? Is peace simply keeping silent to avoid rocking the boat? Is peace simply the same thing as status quo? If so, then Jesus was right. He did not come to bring this peace. Or if he did, he did a bad job. But suppose peace is something more, more than avoiding conflict, more than staying comfortable, more than keeping silent, more than maintaining the status quo. What if peace comes through sacrificial love? What if true peace is the sacrificial love of God? If so, then Jesus was right. This peace he leaves with us, this peace, his peace, he gives to us. It may sound like Jesus is contradicting himself, but but maybe Jesus, speaking in this way, is referring to, to two very different kinds of peace. What we call peace of this world and the true peace that comes from God. Because if so, then no, Jesus, again, did not come to bring what we often call peace, the unresolved conflicts, the forced silences, the tired tensions, all that masquerade as peace, but are really no peace at all. No, Jesus came to bring a much different and much better kind of peace. Peace that is true. Peace that is enduring. Peace that is life-giving. And these words that we hear today from Jesus are a total reality check, a reality check for all of us that are following in Jesus' footsteps, following this, uh, to say that following this way of peace is often not easy and uneasy. It is often uncomfortable for us and often threatening to others. Because as we see through Jesus' own life, the way to true peace is often not so very peaceful. And for as much as the gospel is comforting, and it truly is ultimately comforting, this good news is also challenging. And it challenges us. This way challenges us to turn our focus 
not away from others or inward on ourselves, but to actually notice, to perceive others just as God notices and perceives all of us. It challenges us not to, you know, shrug our shoulders with indifference or sit idle for the sake of comfort, but to act boldly with love, just as God has acted for us and in our lives in love. It challenges us not to speak with words of deceit or even simply to remain silent in the face of evil and injustice, but to speak words of truth just as God has showed the truth to us. Not to simply keep our faith to ourselves, easy though it may be, but to share the good news of what God has done for us, like what God has done for us actually means something. And as the disciples and generations of faithful followers of Jesus have since discovered, it can challenge our established relationships, even our relationships with our families. So, is it all really worth it? Well, not if it isn't true, but if it is. As Jesus says, Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. That's the the crux of what Jesus is illustrating for us in this passage. A paradox, seeming contradictions, turning upside down our expectations and understandings to show what the cost of following Jesus is and the price of peace. The kind of peace that begins with the assurance that God loves us, that through Jesus has already redeemed us, and through the Holy Spirit is still with us, and can redeem even the most ungodly events of our lives and in this world. The kind of peace that is more than an absence of conflict, but that comes through the hard, challenging work of striving for true justice and reconciliation. And that in all things stems from enacting God's sacrificial love. The kind of peace by the power and presence of the Spirit we can actually experience for ourselves and help to sow in this world that so desperately needs it. The kind of peace so perfect, yet so foreign, that as Paul writes, surpasses all understanding, and which gives each of us comfort and healing, confidence and strength. That peace does not and cannot stem from this world. Only through God, the author of peace, only by way of the cross, a way paved with sacrifice, sacrifice of comfort and silence, of 
ambition and power, of unreconciled conflicts and harm. But that leads to something far, far better. The true, everlasting, and life-giving peace of God.